I've been in like a stupor, I think, since last night, you know. And uh, I've smoked uh, copious amounts of uh, marijuana because uh, this shit is, uh, I mean, it's, it's like kind of nauseating, man. This this thing is insane. I mean, we'll talk about it, but, you know, it's, it's it was expected, I guess, but I didn't expect it to happen so soon, you know. I mean, it, it's kind of like having the news come a couple months early. Yeah, yeah, that's true. That's true. That's true. That is true, man. Yeah, and but, that, um, you know, that article that I talked to you for is is, mm-hmm. is out now too. So, yeah, 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 yeah. I um I actually did. I'm gonna after this. I'm gonna read it. I didn't get a chance to read it, but um, yeah. I didn't know it was gonna be for the intercept. Holy shit! Yeah, yeah. Kind of um, you know, want to do kind of a a long a long read on it, and they were they were down with that. So. You know, always, always really helpful. Yeah, cool. To be cool, able to, sweet. to be able to do that. Um, yeah, yeah. So yeah, so so we're still waiting for Lori. I'm not really sure. Uh, she she may not actually join us. I don't know. I'm I'm, I'm a little yeah. un, unsure there. But um, yeah. uh, for now, um, let's me and you get going uh, for sure. Okay, so thanks everyone uh, for joining us. This is the Flashpoint Podcast. I am your host, Owen Higgins. Uh, if you are listening live or on replay on the app, please be sure to subscribe uh, and follow uh, the show. And if you are listening on uh, Spotify and Apple Podcasts, rate us, follow us, etc. I'll, I'll go over that stuff at the end as well. Um, today, I'm joined uh, joined right now by Aaron Thorpe, uh, good buddy. Uh, usually comes on to just kind of read the news with me, talk about what has happened. Uh, today's a little bit different. We are, of course, going to be ta- talking about um, the, uh, you know, the big uh, draft opinion from the Supreme Court. But we're also going to be talking a little bit about a story that I wrote for the Intercept that just came out about an hour ago uh, that I interviewed Aaron, among other people, for about mm-hmm. how you know Democrats are kind of, you know, letting 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 an opportunity really slip away here uh, to you know to possibly. Uh, not lose both chambers of com- Congress or, or even, you know, uh, not lose just one. Um, yeah. And, uh, you know, it has not been, uh, you know, particularly great. Uh, they haven't done a particularly great job and they haven't really lived up to a lot of their promises. And I think we're going to start to see that uh, paying off here. Um, yeah. And so Aaron and I talked about Georgia and, you know, we're t- we'll, we'll, we'll talk a little bit more about this later, but um you know, I, I know you haven't had a chance uh, to read it over yet, Aaron, but, mm. you know, have you noticed any any changes in what we talked about? We, we talked, I think, in in early April uh, yeah. for this story, and we talked about how for uh, for Aaron and, and for other people in Georgia who are kind of keyed into uh, the Democratic Party and, and progressive uh, left liberal activism in general, there's mm. been... A, a real feeling on the ground uh, that people are feeling like they're not being uh, given what they were promised, that they're not being, uh, that like the, the agenda not being passed is, is an example of a po- promise that has not been uh, yeah. lived up to. And I think that, uh, I think that that's the kind of thing that kind of bodes ill for democratic chances um, in, in, uh, in uh, November, 
yeah. Uh, and you know, one thing that you were talking about when 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 we were chatting was you know this feeling people in Georgia specifically. You know, we can get into the other stuff later, but but I think just this one specific thing is that you know, uh, Ossoff and Warnock, like the promise was, you know, you you vote for us and we will deliver on uh, on the two thousand dollar checks, and then that didn't really happen. Are are you still hearing that kind of disappointment? Are you hearing different kind more? Same. I mean, but I know you talk to people about this stuff, so yeah. Well, one thing I'll say, I'll point out, you know, I just I just brought up a tweet actually that I saw. Um, it's a survey USA poll of um, Georgia, and these are the upcoming races because there's a governorship race, um, but there's also obviously the um, uh, Warnock seat is up for a Senate seat is up for uh, re-election. So looking at these polls, um, Kemp, uh, Stacey Abrams is running again. Brian Kemp, he's the current incumbent governor. Um, he's polling at 50%, where Abrams is polling at 45%. Um, Purdue now, who previously served um, as senator but um, stepped down and now is running as governor, is uh, 49 to Abrams, Abrams 46. And Herschel Walker, who is running against um, Warnock, is 45 to, uh, to Warnock's 50. So the reason why I'm saying that and bringing that up is because Warnock, who is like barely leading Walker, Herschel Walker, who people don't know who he is. He's a former, I don't even think he was a former NFL player. He was a former AFL player. So this is Trump's football league, which is uh, kind of ironic and maybe uh, gives you a hint towards his sort of uh, politics. Uh, he's batshit insane. Um, and Warnock ran um, as, he ran harder, I guess. Well, him and Ossoff both ran on the $2,000 checks. But I would say that Warnock, at least to me, and you know, to my left, leftist circle has always appeared to be more progressive or more boldly progressive, you know, and, and even given his history um, um, as, a, as a pastor of uh, Ebenezer Church, which is Martin Luther King's church. So, you know, suspiciously or not, uh, he's doing a little bit better than Herschel Walker, whereas Ossoff and Stacey Abrams, which uh, I think has always kind of straddled the line of a kind of moderate Democrat, you know, um, you know, kind of believes both that of them, both of them have. Yeah, yeah, yes, Ossoff and yes, Ossoff and um, Abrams, and um, they're not doing well, well as well against their Republican opponents. So the only reason why I bring this up is because I think that I haven't heard again about the two thousand dollar checks as we talked about Owen. As I mentioned to you, people were upset about that, um, especially after you know helping the Democrats take the Senate. But I think that. At least I can infer, I think, or it's safe to, to say that I think Georgians are like, you know, they're disillusioned and disappointed. And whatever gains that Democrats had promised when they, you know, took the Senate, and we'll talk about this, you know, later when we talk about, um, you know, um, the Roe v. Wade, the, the Supreme Court voting to overturn it. Um, I mean, they just don't they just don't keep any of these promises, you know, and I think that's reflected is going to be reflected for sure in these upcoming races in Georgia here. So we'll see. But. It's it's not looking good, you know. It's not looking good at all. Yeah, it's pretty worrying. Uh, I, I think that um, I, I wrote about about this a little bit um, last night. Uh, in that, you know, it was interesting that this that this leak came out uh, hours after the Washington Post had published, you know, this uh, long kind of just kind of in depth investigation into like what the GOP are planning on doing once they. Uh, regain power and one of the primary things that they want to do is that they want to ban abortions at the federal level 
six weeks and beyond. Um, and you know, there, there was like some back and forth, like some of them were saying, you know, maybe we'll do, uh, maybe we'll do 15 weeks, you know, like the, like, like the Mississippi bill that is, uh, that, that was in question here, you know, maybe we'll do this, maybe we'll do that. But there was one guy who was like, no, it's going to be six weeks. Um, and, and I think that, you know, like, and then this comes out that like Roe is definitely gone. And like part, you know, part, part of the, uh, part of the point of this story, uh, mm-hmm. that the Washington Post was telling was that, you know, they are doing this in expectation uh, that they are going to be able to have Roe uh, be overturned. Then this leak comes out and it looks like uh, it looks like uh, we, we are um, going to see that uh, mm-hmm. happen now. This Alito thing also like uh, in, and again, we can get we, we can get more into this. But, the, you know, the Alito decision, the way that it's written as well. Sounds like they're mm-hmm. going to get rid of gay marriage. Uh, they're going yeah. to, you know, they're going to make it so like places like Texas can make uh, make sodomy illegal again. I mean, just just uh, yeah. a bunch of like pretty disturbing stuff. Um, so uh, yeah, I, I what's what's your what's your general feeling on this? I mean, like you know, I mean, other than general distress. I mean, you know, I think that what what we've talked about before. Um, you know, um, I mean, between each other and just kind of on this program is just sort of like the the Democrats don't seem to have a vision of the future. You know, they don't have a long term ideological project or goal in mind. So the the Republicans of the right, which have been like, you know, planning this for decades. I mean, you know, if you want to look at I always think about when Trump was president, Mitch McConnell um, in record time had a right had um, appointed a record number of uh lower court, I think district court judges, right? Um, You know, just kind of setting up these chess pieces, right? So if Roe v. Wade ever gets overturned, I mean, you'll you'll have immediately half of the states that will outright, um, Georgia being one of them, that will outright outlaw abortion, right? So I feel like, you know, and, you know, we talk about a little bit, like your piece, like we were just talking about, but to get into it a little bit too, it's like, you know, they don't don't have this long-term goal. So, when things like this happen, which they should have been ready for, right, um, they can't respond. And, I mean, I'm seeing Biden's response was, like, telling people to vote, right? And, I mean, that that is, like, to me, I think, like, the most offensive thing as a Georgian because that's exactly what we did down here, right? And we didn't get $2,000 checks. And, I mean, if you're even looking at just, like, just the way the stimmy, the, the, I guess, COVID relief has been handled and a bunch of other things, right? I mean, again, they haven't kept their promises. And I want to say, too, that the South and the Midwest are going to be states that are going to be most adversely affected, you know, by this. You know, in Georgia, I think the ban is at 22 weeks. Right. Which is like already incredibly onerous and difficult for somebody to attain an access to an abortion. We already know that black women are going to be most adversely affected. And I'll say one more thing, too, that I think is like really angering and cynical is that Alito says that many conservatives have that um, cynically that. Um, that abortion activists have been doing a eugenics, right, on the black community because uh, black women or black people are the uh, most likely or more likely, right, to get abortions. And obviously this has problems to do with, you know, class and race, but, I mean, it's cynical, right? It's kind of like I made a joke about it earlier is that, you know, I can expect conservatives to say to the left, the liberals, you know, well, I thought you met, I thought you, uh, I thought you believe that black lives matter, right? So again, like Alito's, you know, his his uh, his opinion was just sort of, I mean, racist, but also, as you said, Owen, sort of tying in all of these homophobic, transphobic and like sodomy. I mean, just all these insane 
batshit medieval kind of ideas that these people have. It's yeah. like it's like the final it's like this grand, grand like package for them, you know. Yeah, yeah, they finally got what they wanted. So uh, that's that that's a good way to transition here to talk uh, to Lori Roberts, uh, mm-hmm. who is joining us uh, from Mississippi. Uh, she's the executive director of Yellow Hammer Fund. Um, if that is a uh, abortion rights group uh, down down in the south. Um, Alex, I see you calling. We, uh, we're we're going to talk for a little bit, and then we'll take your call. Uh, Lori, thank you so much uh, for joining us. Just unmute yourself. That's down there on the bottom right, um, and you should be good to go. Lori, just the hey, I'm yeah, here. Yeah. I'm sorry. Perfect, perfect. Yeah, no worries. No worries. <laughs> it took me a second. Um, well, thank, yeah, uh, thanks for joining us. Um, you you want to tell people a little bit about um, who you are and what Yellowhammer does before we kind of get into the Supreme Court stuff? Yeah, I'm Lori Bertram Roberts. I am the co-founder of the Mississippi Reproductive Freedom Fund and the executive director of the Yellowhammer Fund in Alabama. Um, so I do work in Mississippi and Alabama. Um, I've been doing this work for over a decade now. I actually started out with the National Organization for Women um, doing work around PR for the, our, our um, state chapter in Mississippi. Um, I've come a long way from doing work with white feminists. Um, I would say I've divorced white feminism. Um, but um, that's where I started and um, ended up starting an abortion fund after starting um, some clinic escorting or helping start the clinic escorting group in um, Mississippi, which is now known as the Pink House Defenders. And um, yeah, and now I run Yellow Hammer Fund in Alabama. We are a reproductive justice organization that does abortion funding, and we are the only abortion fund in the country that owns an abortion clinic, um, West Alabama Women's Center. So uh, we do work all over the place. We do family justice work, uh, which is supporting you know families that are parenting, mostly single Black women. Um, we do everything from, you know, helping support people who might be unhoused to helping people with food support to helping people with, um, you know, housing support when we can. Um, we do a lot of that work by supporting margins, women helping black women. Um, we do work around um, diaper poverty, period poverty. Um, we do work around condom distribution, but obviously we fund a lot of abortions. In fact, we, uh, fund about fifteen to twenty thousand dollars worth of abortions a month right now, and that is not even remotely enough money for the need that we have. Yeah. So, so last time we talked, uh, we talked for a story. This was actually back in June of twenty twenty one. Just to you know, that, and we talked about you know we were talking about this uh, this bill in uh, this law in Mississippi that is the one uh, that is uh, the center of the Supreme Court case. And, and I feel like we were saying a lot of the same things, you know, like uh, uh, how difficult it was uh, to, uh, to get access uh, to reproductive health care uh, in, in the South. And, you know, I mean, not only abortions, but just, you know, like reproductive, reproductive health care in general. Um, and now, you know, this law, it, it looks like with this draft opinion is – is going to be uh, upheld, and, uh, and and it looks like Roe is uh, effectively dead. Um, so I, I guess I'm I'm curious as you know to, to talk to you, to somebody who you know is active in 
some of the states that are probably going to be hit hardest by this. Uh, what's your take on on, on the ruling here? Uh, how expected was it, and 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 what kind of preparation uh, have you been making, and are you going to be making now in expectation that things are probably going to get more restrictive? So I wouldn't say that we're making any new preparations. Per say we've been preparing for something like this for years. Um, I would say we're going to continue on with the preparations um, and arrangements that we've been doing, which is obviously doing more harm reduction around self-managed abortions, um, shoring up our clinic to do work beyond abortion care, um, because obviously we're going to keep our clinic open to provide care for our community, um, trans-affirming care, um, you know, and care that our community desperately needs that's not even abortion. I mean, people need um, gynecological health care, period, um, that is gender affirming and that is non-classist and that is reproductive justice centered. Um, and that is not going to change regardless of any bans that they put forth. Um, one of the things I did want to go back to just while it's still center of mind for me is the thing that Aaron was talking about right before I came on with Alito's um, disgusting nod to his false narrative around eugenics and abortion um, and how offensive that is to me as a black woman, I know um, a black femme, like it's just, it's so disgusting because it's this, this lie that they've trudged up, that they took a small grain of truth and concern out of the Black community that we have around medical racism and around real concerns that we had around forced sterilization, around coercive contraception, and then took that and perverted it into, oh, abortion is genocide. When what Black folks had already been saying was saying, listen, what we want is support for our families and support for parenting in the same way that you all support white people when they have babies. And, and a lot of this concern came out of like being in the 60s in the welfare movement and saying, listen, we, we don't want our only option to be abortion, right? We want to be able to parent the children we have. That's the same work that I do as a reproductive justice activist now. And it's disgusting to me to watch um, conservative people talk about abortion being eugenics when they are the people who promote and, and create the policies that make the disparities that create the, dispro the disproportionality in abortions for black and brown people. That's like, don't. Don't talk to me about how many abortions black women have when you all are make sure that we can't have equal access to health care. You make sure that we don't have access to sex education. You make sure that we don't have access to benefits when we want to have children and we're low income. Like you make sure that there's no one working to make sure we can give birth safely. And then you're like, oh, look at those immoral black people as a way for you to get the laws in place that you really want to enact on white bodies. Because let's be clear, this is not about black women and it's not about brown women and it's not about black and brown people birthing or having abortions. It's their real goal is white women having more babies. Absolutely. Absolutely. I mean, like, you know, 
like not to not to be hyperbolic, right? But you know, there's that um, there's the the uh, the the Nazi phrase fourteen words, right? Which you know they talk about securing a future for white children. You know, there's this fear among the far far right, right? Which is kind of echoed, right? And even you know, so called moderate conservatives, right? Um, about this great replacement, right? About they're worried about birth rates, right? Like a lot of mm-hmm. this really does come down to like you know, the control of populations and over their bodies, right? And, I mean, yeah. it's, I think what's, you know, most, like, hypocritical, and it doesn't, you know, it, it doesn't it doesn't make sense to point out these hypocrisies to them because they don't care, right? But it just has to be noted, aside from everything you said, Lori, that the minute that these children are born, the social services needed to rear these children and to, to, to make, you know, help them become, like, you know, um, um, independent adults, you know, uh, these social services are weak and defunded, right? Austerity, you know what exactly. I mean? So it's incredibly hypocritical, you know? I mean, which is what makes it so angering that Alito would take a, a sentiment that's cribbed from Clarence Thomas, by the way, you know, which black mm-hmm. conservatives are another fucking problem, right? But that he would take yeah. that sentiment and cynically use it to shore up support, by the way, before an election, right? right. <laughs> by the way, as well, right? Yeah. Yeah, yeah it's, uh, it's, it's a... It's- I think, I think cynical is really like the right way to describe this ruling. Um, and, especially, and, and, and uh, Lori, you know, just right before you, uh, you joined us, we were also talking about how it's targeting uh, the right to privacy and, you know, like, rights. <laughs> you know, I've been on that for a while. Absolutely. Yeah. You, uh, do you want to just kind of weigh in on, on the, on the judgment itself a little bit? Yeah. I mean, the things that stuck out for me the most were, um, definitely the attack on the 14th Amendment, right? Because one of the things I said back last year in an interview with Amani Gandhi, I literally did a whole interview with her where all I basically talked about was that people need to be really paying attention to the fact that these attacks on Roe are really about the 14th Amendment. Like, it's not just about abortion. I mean, yes, it's about abortion. Yes, it's about white birth rates. And yes, it's about this fear that white people have about you know, becoming the minority. But it's also about these other things that conservatives have been talking about, thinking about since the 60s and 70s, right? The fact that they have been mad about decisions that were made with the Warren court and, and on, right? That they have been trying to re, you know, like turn back that clock. I mean, and even further than that, because they actually think everything from you know, FDR on that, that progressives have done and that, that anything that the left has done was wrong and they want to undo it. And so part of that is you've got to remove Roe before you can remove Oberfeld. You've got to remove Roe so then you can remove contraception access. Like you can't get to the other stuff that sits on the 14th Amendment. You've got you've to dismantle these cases case by case. Yeah, absolutely. And, and but, you know, this is this is something that uh, that I talk about a lot. But you know, just to kind of and, and Aaron uh, go right after me here. But um, you know, the the modern religious right movement grew out of desegregation, mm-hmm. and, and it is the segregationist right that became the religious right to be like you know focused on sure did yeah. And so and you know people I saw people on Twitter talking about like. Hey, you know, maybe like maybe loving is next. 
or you know maybe not next but like you know that's that's also on you know on the agenda and i and i saw some people you know saying yeah that's probably not but like i i really Mm-mm. i don't think i don't think that that's like i don't think it's out of the i don't think it's out of the question i really don't i don't think it's out of the question and i i just think that people are naive if they think that these people are not trying to roll back all these things they really yeah. are and the thing yeah. I, the thing that i want to stress even more is i grew up independent fundamentalist baptist i was the only little brown girl in the very very white horrible culty church okay and this was in the 80s when the original when the um you know when the religious right was on the on the rise and so i heard these conversations yeah. do you hear what i'm saying like i heard the conversations about white folks being mad about bob jones university my family wasn't but i heard other families talking about it you feel what i'm saying mm-hmm. and about how it was all about you know their individual rights and what it was is they couldn't get people upset about Bob Jones University losing their tax status. But they thought, well, what if we could get people upset about, about abortion? And there is a documentary where one of the religious right founders, it's either, it's either um, Jerry Falwell or one of his minions, literally says, you know, we were, we were kicking around ideas about what to organize around. What could we get people to organize around? And, you know, evangelicals are simple people. They're simple people. They like simple issues. And so we thought abortion, it's simple. It tugs at people's heartstrings. So that's why we chose abortion. Yeah. Yeah. And, and, you know, I'm going to add too. you know, with the, with the decision to adding on to like, you know, uh, the, this kind of uh, backlash against uh, desegregation and sort of this morphing into like this Christian right. You have this like originalist uh, conception or analysis oh, yes. of right, which Alito and these far right lunatics adhere to, which basically says that what were the original founders in like you know the 16th century, I guess the 17th century or right, 18th century? What right. would they have? What would they have thought of these issues? And I mean, you know, without I mean that was without having to fucking say it, but just to make it clear for everybody listening, which I'm sure you share the same sort of political leanings. I mean. The, 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 the Constitution was written for cis had not just white men, but land like slaveholding landowners, 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 landowners right? right? You can't you can't you can't look you can't look at what were the conditions, right, at that time and sort of say, Okay, we're gonna apply them to today because on one on the one hand too as well, abortions, of course abortions were fucking happening back then, right? You don't think the fucking founders exactly. the fucking and people that could afford, which is always a fucking case, right? Which will be the case, unfortunately, now, right? It's and even still, not even the unfortunately will be the case now. This is the case in the fucking South and other states, which abortions are like uh, you, you cannot. You, it's so hard to get them. You have to travel out of state to get them, right? If you live in these states, it's going to be accessible to wealthy people, right? So it's like this exactly. original conception is like again. I mean, I think it's cynical, but I also do think that, as you were saying, Lori, these people truly do want to turn back the clock. I mean, I always say what they really want to do is make this country more of what it already is, right? That's what yep. they want to do. They're using the institutions that they already favor, right, their reactionary politics, right, to, like, to let this shit happen. And I mean, you know, we'll get into it maybe with the Democratic response, but I mean, on the one hand, you would think the Democrats would, if they're not going to campaign on it, right, or organize around it, you would think they would pack the court, something like that, right? But no, no, no. But to me, if they're not going to do anything, like if they're not going to actually 
pass the Women's Health Protection Act, if they're not actually going to pack the court, then I don't want to hear the campaign response. What's your campaign yeah. response? We're going to sit around and do nothing? Ooh, ooh, elect us so that we can do more of nothing? Oh, Send fuck off. I don't want to hear that. Send me $15, right? And I mean, the thing is, too, we wouldn't bring up the people that in 2009, when Obama had the majority, my mother, my mother, right, who's a, a Seventh-day Adventist, which I'm pretty sure is not in favor of abortion, right, but still at least understands that this is her personal uh, personal position. It shouldn't involve, be involved with her politics, right? But even my mom, right. brought the fact, in 2009, when he had the majority, he could have, like, codified like um, Roe v. Wade, yep. but he didn't do it because that wasn't a legislative priority because the, the liberals, as we've talked about, Owen, they always want to kowtow to the fucking and kiss the ring of the fucking right. They want the conservatives to like them so fucking much, right, that they end up fucking like compromising. And I mean, right now, you know, I'll shut up after this, but right now, um, what's his name? I think I'm um, Quellar in Texas, congressman who's pro, a pro-life yes. Democrat. Yeah, Nancy Pelosi or Jim, Jim, um, Jim Clyburn actually is fucking campaigning for him against Jessica Cisnero. Right? It's disgusting, right? Disgusting. Because let me just say also that part of the reason that we're here is because of pro-life Democrats. I want to mm-hmm. always, I will always, I had a great conversation once um, with, oh goodness, my, his name just slipped my mind because he ran for president, but anyways, it'll come back to me. But anyways, my point is, Pro-life Democrats helped get us here. In Southern states, there are plenty of, you know, abortion, anti-abortion laws that Democrats helped pass. Yes. Right? Absolutely. And and specifically before the, you know, the Republicans had full control of both, you know, the House and the Senate in state legislatures. So, I mean, like, there's a lot of accountability to go around. It's not just... Like, we need to hold the GOP accountable. We also need to hold, you know, Democrats accountable for not just inaction, but some of the actions that they took. Yes. You know, like, the the so-called partial birth abortion ban, which was complete bullshit and, and complete garbage terminology, was passed not just by the GOP back in the day, but by the Democrats. So, I mean, like, there's been a lot of abortion stigma and abortion shaming that the Democrats have embraced and and worked with and went with for years and is just now getting a lot of pushback. And I also just want to say real quick, if y'all will indulge me, mm-hmm. that the, the post-Roe vision that the right has, if you've been paying attention to what governors have been saying, to what pro-life leaders have been saying, is that their, their post-Roe plan is um, you know, uh, scaling up crisis pregnancy centers, funding them with TANF money and, and Medicaid money, right? Uh, some of them are very keen on possibly um, bringing back maternity homes or funding more maternity homes, right? Um, all of them are all a, a chatter about Amy Coney Barrett, you know, being in league with Co- Amy Coney Barrett's idea of, ooh, yay, more babies to adopt, because that's what I, we really want. We want more babies to adopt. This is going to be brilliant. We can steal more kids. It's going to be lovely. Like, they're just, I mean, they honestly sound like Cruella DeVille at this point. Like, no, seriously. Like, and they're mostly adopting children from, like, Asia or Africa, right? Which makes it even more, right, like, they, intensely, like, you know what I mean? Like, like a cruel, right. cruel, cruel. 
Right. They're just like, oh, this is going to be great. There's going to be all these white babies. We won't have to adopt from overseas anymore. It's going to be lovely. Like they're honestly yeah. like salivating over it. Like they sound like Cruella DeVille salivating over puppies. It's just right. disgusting. And then the other thing is, is that they very much are like already plotting out their next attack on abortion. So like I had an interview earlier today and they had already talked to GOP lawmakers in Mississippi and they were like, oh, yeah, next we're talking about what how to prosecute, pe- you know, people who are getting st- um, pills from out of state. How do we prosecute the people sending pills in, in here and how do we, you know, we're not going to be able to keep people from going out of state. But, you know, like how, you know, it's it's going to be more of this. How do we criminalize people funding abortion? How do we, you know, like just very almost petty like just i I mean i've called them petty schemes before because it's not even it's macro right it's like how can we how can we stop this macro amount of people but in a way that scares other people into inaction yeah Yeah. it's cruel it's like they're using cruel it's it's cruel and also i mean that's what i thought about the the leaked document though like i thought about the leaked draft was how cruel it was it was just so yeah, blatantly and, and, cruel. Yeah, and Alito has always been that. Like he's always been, uh, like particularly nasty. Like, like, the, look, you know, none, none of the Supreme Court justices, especially ones on the right, uh, are 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 nice, right? But Alito has always been like particularly uh, cruel yeah. and nasty. Yeah. I would say Sotomayor is probably the exception. But um, I mean, like yeah. he's nastier. I mean, I used to think that. Um, Scalia was nasty, but he made Scalia look like a teddy bear. But at least Scalia <laughs> had a sense of humor. Like Alito has all of Scalia's nastiness and no sense of humor, no sense and of no, at all, and no introspection. Like Scalia would have moments of introspection. Yeah, um, honestly, he so, would. Like he would have moments that would be like, I recognize this is fucked up, <laughs> but I still agree with myself. Yeah. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Like, yeah. Like, like I have, like, I have no, like, uh, cons- consistent principles here other than just conservatism, yeah. but I'm also going right. to embrace that. I'm, I'm going to be, I'm going to realize that and just embrace it. I'm going to um, recognize I'm fucked up on this, but I'm also going to continually double down on it. Yeah. yeah. So, I'm like, not going to change anything, but yeah. Yeah. I'm just like, wow. Reading your stuff is just painful. Yeah. Um, yeah. Because it's just so blatantly cruel and nasty and just like someone gave me power and I'm going to wield it in the most disgusting, disturbing way that I can. Mm-hmm. Um, Owen, before you continue real quick, Lori, I just wanted to ask a question before we, before we sure. jump ahead. Um, so for people, so it's clear for people that don't have a uterus, that don't need abortions, how is this um, overturning Roe v. Wade? How is this going to affect people like that? Because I think that, like, you know, there's this assumption that it's only going to affect people with uteruses, people that can have babies. But I don't I think that that Mm-mm. that's not true. And I think there's a trickle down Mm-mm. or trickle out effect. Right. So could you could you talk about that just a little Mm-mm. bit? Well, first of all, I want people to understand that um, the right to privacy mm. and equal protection under the law, which is what they're attacking on the 14th Amendment, is something we should all be be wanting to protect and keep, you know, as sacrosanct Mm -hmm. because it impacts all of our 
access to reproductive health care, right? Mm-hmm. Like contraception isn't something that only people with uteruses access, mm-hmm. right? I mean, I don't know if I would really like the Catholic church standards, which is pretty much what they're like going for as the yeah. new standard of reproductive health care to be everyone's new standard of what we can have for health care. Right. Mm -hmm. Whether that's for people assigned female at birth or people assigned male at birth, regardless of. Right. And then I'm not even going to talk about the erasure of everyone like myself who's non-binary or everyone who's trans or, you know, anyone in the LGBT community, TQIA community. Like none of us exist in this binary of theirs. Like we don't even exist in, in sex education. We don't exist in anything right there's no there's no anything for us mm. who are we in this system we we get to get shoved back in the closets yeah. like we we don't we don't even have an existence so there's that too also even if you are a cis het man who plans on marrying a cis het woman do you want the government when you all if you all choose to have a child to be in your pregnancy with your partner, the pregnancy that you all have, right? Do you want the government to be able to tell y'all whether or not, you know, if something happens in the pregnancy that's life-threatening, whether or not it's life-threatening enough for you all to decide to terminate the pregnancy, for you to to choose whether or not, you know, it's life-threatening enough to end the pregnancy. That's what happens with fetal personhood, right? It becomes the fetus is equal to you, right? And I just feel like you should fundamentally, I shouldn't have to give you a reason why your, uh, why your, why your penis should be invested in this. Yeah. Beyond the fact that my humanity is invested in this, and therefore your humanity is invested in this, because humans, right? Yeah. That should be enough. Like, that should be enough, but honestly, all our humanity is connected to this. And I'll also say that the same people who are doing these anti-abortion bills and who are doing these abortion bans are using the same strategies, strategies, timelines, tactics to attack trans youth. They're doing the same thing with CRT. And I can can break that down if y'all want me to, but I mean, like, it's literally the same people in the same tactics. definitely uh, same playbook i want you know i want to open this up to to alex uh here for a second i just have a couple thoughts i just want to throw out there which is you know anybody who is wondering what a more catholic church oriented uh healthcare system especially as far as uh people having children uh goes uh just you know just just look at what they did in ireland um with the with the washrooms and you know they just basically bad uh, stuff had 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 yeah had the people who were pregnant had the kid ripped the kid away from them and basically worked them to death uh it's it's real bad and for black children it was even worse yeah just like mass graves and like just very very disturbing uh so you know if you're looking at that you know i know that we were uh we were going to talk a little bit more about the democrats i think than we're we're probably mm-hmm. going to have uh, time for, uh, mm-hmm. but I would just say that uh, the QLR endorsement and the fact that, you know, Hoyer, Pelosi, like they're all out there, uh, you know, re- really pushing uh, this guy who has these really just uh, wretchedly regressive 
social politics, especially on on abortion rights, but also like on on just a number of other things, also completely corrupt. Uh, mm-hmm. Really, just does show kind of kind of the problem, you know. Like, n- not even to talk about the fact that they haven't done enough. Um, uh, but I'm I'm gonna take uh, I'm gonna take Alex's call now. Um, so Alex, you're all set to go. Yeah. So uh, I don't know. I'm I'm still pretty like shell shocked from the whole thing. Um, I seen the road we're on. I think all of us have um, for a while, but it's still shocking uh, to be potentially living in a country where bodily autonomy is not a right. Um, and to me, it's the, I, I think the thing I'm, I'm most concerned about is that this is a significant um, acceleration towards fascism um, and clearly setting the stage to uh, overturn, you know, other things um, as has been mentioned. Um, and Democrats, I mean, are completely incapable of meeting uh, the challenge, <laughs> like whatsoever. Even now, I have zero faith that they're going to do anything about this. Um, you know, they're they, they're not acting; they're fundraising, as usual. And I, my concern is that you know the the, the left flank, the actual people that are capable of seeing the problem for what it is and addressing it, um, are disorganized and factional. And it's a scary wilderness that I think we're going into where I don't know, um, uh, you know, like, <laughs> I, I just don't know what the next five years are going to be like at all um, in a bad way. And it's well, just, feeling yeah. real right now. <laughs> yeah, just I mean, just to jump on the one thing you said is that they are already fundraising off of it, which we knew that they would. But like, it's 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 not any less gross uh, mm-hmm. to watch the party that could be doing something about this, just using it to make money. It's unreal. I mean, they could do this today. It's, I, I don't care what it takes to get Joe Manchin on board. You've got, there's something that he cares about. And the fact that you would sell out the entire country for that. Um, and let us be, leave us under authoritarian rule in a couple of years is, uh, just an abominable, you know, mishandling of power. <laughs> Yeah. Like, I, there's no even words for how 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 criminal that is. That they're just punting the entire thing. Yeah. What do you guys What do you guys think about that? Thanks, Alex. I mean, you know, I think that um, one thing Alex said is that you know, wondering. And Laura, you can speak to this more than I can. So I'll kind of just um, you know, just uh, kind of hand it off to you. But um, you know, you could just look back before Roe v. Wade was you know was law, right? I mean, you had, like, people that, as I said earlier, that could afford to get abortions, right? Whether that meant traveling outside of the country or traveling somewhere else where they um, weren't as, I guess, I don't want to say more accessible because at the time, abortions, like, it was very difficult. But if you had the means to do so, you could. Um, Or, I mean, you would have, like, you know, like, um, kind of independent, like, makeshift, like, clinics, right? Underground clinics, right, that women would go to. And, Lori, if you could speak to that, too, like, what is that... What does it look like, especially like, you know, now where it's not just Roe v. Wade that's under threat, but in terms of just contraceptions as well and all these other things that we talked about that are kind of included in that? You know, what is what do you think that looks like? What are people going to have to do? Yeah. So, I mean, if we're talking about the current landscape just around abortion, um, 
thankfully we're not in the pre-row days. We don't need to go to back alleys. We don't need coat hangers anymore because there are abortion pills and they're available by the mail. And one thing we also learned from Ireland is that like, it's really hard to stop things in the mail. (laughs) Ireland tried, they failed. (laughs) And um, as I was saying to somebody earlier today, if they couldn't keep pills off of an island, I don't think, I don't know how, I'm just saying, I don't, wh- what you going to do here? Yeah, exactly. Like, I mean, we're, we're, we're not an island. If you couldn't keep it off of an island, I'm just, I, I'm just saying. So, and, 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 and Ireland is, Ireland is smaller than Texas. Yeah. Right? Like, they couldn't keep, they couldn't, like, they couldn't keep abortion pills out of a country smaller than Texas. How in the fuck are they going to keep abortion pills out of a country the size of the U.S.? Listen, I'll tell you, I live in Georgia. Uh, I can get a lot of uh, contraband and illegal substances, the things you wouldn't imagine in Georgia. I I could imagine Oh, baby, I know. (laughs) I'm saying imagine. Like, the, (laughs) the thing I said in an interview, I was like, they can't manage to keep fentanyl out of the country. How the hell are they going to keep abortion pills out the country? And how big of a priority is that really going to be? Right? Like how, how big, how much tolerance does the American public really have for the policing of abortion pills? I mean, let's just be honest. I don't, I don't think the American diet is that rich for like, Ooh, let's hunt down the abortion pills. Cause I feel like, Law enforcement is going to be more roundly mocked for that than the weed bust that they're already being mocked for. Right? So, I mean, oh, look at this big bust of misoprostol we did. Like, shut up. So, I mean, there's that. Um, So, like, yes, you can can get pills by mail through, you know, aid access. Um, I actually laughed when I was asked to respond to Joey Fillingain from the Mississippi legislature where he said, we're going to prosecute people sending pills to people. And I'm like, where in Norway, you're going to go to <laughs> India. Like you're going to extradite I mean, them. <laughs> like, like Norway wouldn't even let you breathe on one of their citizens about this issue. Get the hell out of here. No one is going to you know, like, get the fuck out of here. Shut up fascist. Nobody's going to yeah. do that. Like no one's going to let you do that. Shut up. So like, no one believes that. Um, the other thing is, is like mesoprostol is everywhere and they're not going to ban it because it's used in, it's used in, um, it's used in deliveries. It's used, it's used in pregnancy care. It's used, it's on the WHO list of essential medications. And more than that, it's used for ulcers and it's used for people who have, um, rheumatoid arthritis because of all the, um, anti-inflammatory drugs we take, we need it to, for our stomach linings. So mm-hmm. like, everybody's grandpa has mesoprostol people's dogs take mesoprostol um you only need 12 pills to discontinue a pregnancy you just take you take four of them and you put them under your tongue for 30 minutes and let them dissolve and you wait three hours and you do it again four pills under the tongue 30 minutes let them dissolve wait three hours and you do it again four pills under the tongue 30 minutes let them dissolve and then voila that's it so, yeah. so, so, you know? so, no, no, go, go ahead, sorry. No, no, I just wanted, to, I just wanted to say, you know, so when it, when it, I mean, and we know this, this is, gonna, I guess, goes without saying, but you kind of like outlined it, is that they know, right, that they can't stop people from getting abortions, right? But that didn't yeah. seem to be 
be the point, right? The point is to sort of set the stage for the sort of, I mean, I don't even know what to call it. I mean, like, I guess kind of social order that they want. I mean, another thing too that I'll bring up, and Lori, obviously you can speak to this too, you know this, but like, you know, it isn't, it, it's not about whether or not abortions are more uh, accessible or not, right? When they, but when they are less accessible, more people die, right, from not being able to get the care and attention that they need, right? So, I mean, again, I think like what we were talking about, it's sort of just the cruelty, right, is the point, right? The needless kind of suffering and kind of like ridicule is the point, it seems to be, you know? Well, well, not only that, you're always going to get people at the margins who aren't going to make it. Like they're not going to be able to even access pills online mm. or, you know, like I feel like they're really hopeful that the people who are the least able to access things, people who are going through addiction, people who, you know, people who are, are the most poor, people who are houseless, people who don't have internet. You see what I'm saying? People yeah. who are the most um, easily manipulated and most um, uh, at the will or at the, I don't want to say at the will, but at the mercy of CPCs. Yeah. Yeah that those are the people they're going to catch, right? Yeah. And so, yeah. like, those are the people they're already hoping to catch now, but, like, imagine how much easier it is if they don't have abortion as an option. Yeah. yeah. Or, yeah. Or, right? Yeah. And so, like, they don't need all of them. They don't need all of them. They can still imagine how much impact it will be if they can just peel off 10% mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. to what their what their mission is, Right. If they can just peel off 10% of those white ladies not having, you know, having abortions and get, you know, half of those kids. Yeah. yeah. Do you see what I'm saying? Like, they just, like, I, I just think sometimes we think their goal is everybody and they just want 10%. Yeah. yeah that makes sense. Yeah. I mean, you know, and I think, yeah, yeah, I mean, you know, and I think again, too, you know, just to say, I think, again, it's very much kind of wrapped up again in critical race theory and also we were talking about these anti-trans bills and i mean i think i think that that is a really good point to be made right that like these people kind of like not kind of they really literally are concerned with social reproduction of white children <laughs> they're concerned with i mean it's in the name conservatism right they're holding on to something right that they feel like it's slipping away from them and i mean it's terrifying right oh yes well, i think i think and the, and the thing that i think is i'm sorry i didn't mean to cut you off uh, well, I, I, I just want to say real quick that I think that as well as as being about um, uh, being about white children and being about like that 10 percent, I mean, uh, it's it, it's also sending a message uh, to a large amount of voters and a large amount of the public like the right wing uh, that, you know, that that they are part of a movement that is is having success and that, you know, mm. like even, even outside of any of the material gains that they're making. Like that message is going to get through as well. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. And like they, they, so like they don't have to scare everyone out of having an abortion at home, yeah. right? They only have to scare some of them. I remember talking to an anti one time outside of a clinic, and he was bragging about how there used to be 5,000 abortions every year in the state, and now there's only 2,300. And I just laughed because there were still 5,000 abortions in the state. It's just that people went out of state more because there weren't as many abortion clinics, right? Mm. But to him, it didn't matter because they had cut abortions in half to him. Like it wasn't, 
It wasn't even that no, there were no abortions in the Mississippi anymore. It was just, it was a percentage game for him. God. Right? It's just like when they're out there and they think they've saved one baby. It's enough for them to celebrate because they're like, oh, we got one. Yeah. You know, it's yeah. like they <laughs> would they like to have the whole game? Yes. But I mean, they're they're unlike us. I feel like on the left, we want everything. <laughs> we want it yeah, all. Yeah, we we right want the do. motherfucking cake, right? We uh, we yeah. want it because we understand that rights are whole. <laughs> right? Rights are not incremental, rights are not piecemeal. And so a lot of times we don't want to compromise. We don't want to do incremental shit. We want that shit now, right? <laughs> and, I, and that's real and that's valid. But these motherfuckers will play the long game. They will play a 50-year gambit. Yes. Through three fucking people heading the shit. They will write a fucking plan in 19 fucking 70 and they will stick to it. And like that person who wrote the plan can die and he will hold, put it in the plans of the next guy and that motherfucker can die and he will put it in the hands of the next guy. And you know what's crazy about it too is that they can, they go through different permutations of right wing conservatism, right? They go through different manifestations of it, right? And I yep. mean, it's like this constant sort of like, I mean, this is what I call it, reactionary, right? It is a reaction to the left where the left after being, you know, like segments of the left, after being decimated, and I think like Alex was talking about this, after being decimated for decades, can't even cobble together a coherent worldview, like much less yeah. rely on like so-called like liberals who are allies, right? To like see us through this shit, you know? So it's like, it's just very, it's, it's very unnerving, I guess, how hardy the Republican Party is and conservatives are, right? It's very unnerving. It's disturbing. We've always, truly we've always had that discipline. Yep. Always. Yeah. Yes, yeah, because man. they've got Jesus. Let me explain. <laughs> yeah. The religious right has Jesus. And what the fuck do we have comparable to Jesus? Nothing. All we have is human rights and love and like maybe weed and yeah. like you understand yeah. what I'm saying? Like all we have is human rights. Nothing about we don't have anything that can beat religious fervor. What yeah. do we have? Like we're not offering people, a, you know, life after death. We're not offering people religious certainty. We're saying these are your rights and you can determine your own destiny. You can choose your own religion. You can choose your own beliefs. That's scary for people. People, a lot of people want someone to tell them what is, what is this stuff? What is, I mean, mm. the amount of messages that I get every time something happens where people just want me to tell them what to do. They just want me to tell them what to do. They want me to tell them things are going to be okay. I get it. I, I I mean I get it. We're all scared of things and we're all we all have insecurities. I get it. Mm. But I'm like, y'all, we all grown. Yeah. Um, like these are rights. We're talking about like life and death and like, you know, the way that we move in the world. Um, not Sunday worship and your eternal soul. Yeah. If you think yeah. your eternal soul will be damaged by having an abortion, do not have an abortion. But that don't have nothing to do with me and what I'm supposed to do. Yeah. And, you know, I want to bring up, too, before we go, I want to bring up, too, you know, the last thing I'll say, too, is like, you know, everything that you're saying, Lori, about kind of like, you know, not to be courty about it, but sort of taking like taking this like our own sort of like destiny, right, and autonomy, right, into our own hands. 
That's what the right has done the whole entire time. That is what the court itself, right? Because originally, the reason why the court was against the right wing court was against Roe v. Wade is because they felt that it was an activist decision, right? But that's what they've fucking done for the past 50 years is be nothing but activists, right? So, mm-hmm. I mean, that requires on the left, right? I mean, this is why we all get exasperated when liberals talk about vote. I mean, dude, like, I don't have a, I don't have a coherent vision. Laura, you can speak to this more than I can, but, like, you know, I don't have a coherent vision about what we do about this, right? But I'll tell you what. When these motherfuckers were complaining about wearing fucking masks, you know what they did? They fucking went up and occupied fucking state houses, right? Like, I don't know what necessarily needs to happen, but it has to be more than just like, okay, like, we got to vote for Democrats, I guess, in November, because we already did that shit. You know, as I was saying to you earlier, we've already done that. (laughs) It shit didn't fucking work out, yo. We need to do something a little more militant, if you will, you know? Not only that, I mean, you got to talk about states like Mississippi that are so heavily gerrymandered. And that have such good voter suppression that what the fuck does voting even mean for us? Like voting black folks for black folks, we only really have voting power in very specific areas. So voting is not going to get us anything statewide. Like we're not like we're not the power. I mean, we're 38 percent of the state, but we can't swing a statewide election with that, especially not the way the law is is weighed against us so i just don't know like whenever people say oh just go vote okay so can you magically get me my id because i would like my id i need a new id but we don't have a disability access route to for me to get my id and i can't sit at the id place for like five hours and wait to get it so if you have an option for me to be able to go in there by appointment and actually get an appointment let me know because i've been trying for like two years now Dude, that's that's the most insane. Like, I'm from New York, so when I in New York, you don't have voter ID laws, right? They just fucking have like you know uh, they have the thing, and they just ask your name, whatever, and they open up a binder and check it off, right? When I came right, down, that's what here, I'm used to. When I came down here, I had to go. I went when I went to go vote for a local election. I didn't have my ID with me, right? I left my wallet at home because I got a ride from my mom. I got there and had to turn back because they were like, "You need your ID." Mm-hmm. I mean, like shit like that. And you know, I guess to extrapolate it too, it's like if you're talking about not just the women, I mean, it's the people that will get hurt by this, right? If we're talking about especially, like, prosecuting people. I mean, who are the people that already have been prosecuted, right? Black and brown people. Black and right? brown people. Exactly. It's not. It's going to adversely affect, right, the most, I guess, the most, the most marginalized or the most vulnerable people. So, I mean, again, as you were saying, that 10%, as long as they can shape that off and be incredibly cruel at the same time, I mean, they're fine with that, you know? And let me just say that it's not... You know, I've had people say, well, you know, the, those criminalization cases, like no one's in prison. Okay, mm-hmm. first of all, Brittany Pulau is in prison mm-hmm. in Oklahoma, right? Like she's going to prison. Mm-hmm. Um, but secondly, Latisse Fisher in Starkville, Mississippi, was in jail for two and a half months while Jesus. we waited, while we had to raise her bail money, Okay. Now, her case never even went to trial. So if we wouldn't have been able to mobilize to bail her out, she would have sat in jail for over a freaking year before they dismissed her case. Jesus fucking Christ. A case that never even went to trial. But they tried to charge her with second degree murder. And it's, it's like it's um, based on the attempt is sending the message, right? Even if they don't get it, the, the, yep. the attempt sends the message. 
Yep. Jesus, man. I'm exactly. I'm and she is still, let me just be clear, because uh, I'm the person that headed getting her bail money raised and negotiated her bail. Uh, I still talk to Latisse. And Latisse is still recovering from the trauma that that was. Mm. You know, and it's, what, four years later? Jesus Christ. So, I mean... Um, you know, I think about Lizette, Lizette all the time, who was just the person who was just criminalized in Texas. Mm -hmm. Lizelle will always have that mugshot will always live on Google. Mm. When people, if anyone ever Googles her, that will always come up forever. Mm. 20 years from now, that'll still be in a search engine. I mean, it's just... I mean, you just, you know, it's like, you know, when I got, when, you know, we all heard the news last night, I'm sure everybody felt the same way, but it's sort of like, just kind of, you know, one thing, one thing Biden said, right, is that nothing will fundamentally change, right? And um, I think, you know, the left took that as like, yeah, we know, motherfucker, nothing will fundamentally change. But actually, things have changed dramatically quickly, right? Like dramatically, things have changed, right? So it's like, I mean, yeah, I mean, that's all I got. It's just, it's like... I guess on a, you know, on a, on a positive note, I mean, it's not, it's not overturned yet. You know, there are still like resources to shore up, I guess, you know, people to like to organize, but I mean, it's just, I'm still like shell shocked, you know, it's just, wow. Yeah. yeah. I mean, I'm shell shocked and I've been preparing for it for years. So. Yeah. Yeah. All right. Well, it, it's, it's, it's 4 PM uh, Eastern. If you're listening live, if you listen on replay, that's the time that we were recording. Um, and uh, we're going to wrap now, but um uh, this has been really great. I, 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 you know, I'd love to have both of you back on, uh, you know, later to talk about this again, because uh, unfortunately, I think it's it's not a story that's going to be going away. Um, so, uh, just as a little sign off, uh, could, could could each of you just let everybody know where to find you, where you know how to help support your work? Um, yeah, Lori, do you want to go first? Yeah, I mean, the easiest way to find me is on Twitter. I'm at Smart Statistic. Um, it is spelled exactly how it sounds, like at smart statistic. Um, yeah, so that's that's me. Um, you can find literally, you can find the links to the organizations that I'm involved with, um, and all of that. And I'm at a bobo auntie on TikTok, and I'm at the smart statistic on Instagram. Cool. Um, and for me, um, people can listen to the Trillbillies or they can listen to my other podcast, um, Everybody Loves Communism, where uh, my co-host and I, we do the theory, uh, so you don't have to, or the reading, so you don't have to, even though you should still do it. And um, I'm on my sixth Twitter account, which is the last one I swear to God I'm ever going to make. I can't keep doing this shit. I'm at uh, Borg Posting, so people can, uh, if they want to follow my takes and stuff, they, people can check that out or listen to my podcast and stuff. And um, thanks, Owen, for, it's always a it's always a good time, man. Um, well, this this was a bleak time, but it's always great to talk to you. And Lori, it was nice meeting you too. I learned a lot as well. Definitely. So, yeah, absolutely. And uh, Aaron, I, I, it, it is funny because you've been on like I think four times now, and each time you've uh, you've asked people to follow you. On it's a new account, which is kind of yeah. I know it's a new account each time, man. Yo, they're the Jakes are after me, man. The Twitter, <laughs> Jakes, the Twitter Jakes are after me, man. I gotta lay. I gotta roll with a VPN now, you know. Absolutely. So. All right. All right. Thanks, guys. Uh, 
Everybody listening uh, on replay. Anytime. Please give us a follow. Check it out. Rate us. All right. Thanks, guys. And everybody uh, enjoy the rest of the week. We'll see you later on.